0: Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Social Media Manager Confidential. If this is your first episode, hey, happy to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a punchy and you're coming back every single week, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I hope you're having an amazing week. So, I got to chat with Elise Smith. She's a mompreneur of three and the owner of Socially Awesome. She's a certified social media marketing and branding strategist with over five years of experience in digital marketing in corporate America. She's passionate about empowering female entrepreneurs to implement simple social strategies into their businesses to humanize their brands. She's also currently active in network marketing and affiliate marketing. And as social media management and consulting agency owner, Elise helps others elevate their online presence by making it simple, social, and awesome. She graduated from Southern Mississippi University and is a certified customer service experience officer. So we got to chat about what it's like to do all of the things she does, as well as how she left her nine to five, her corporate job a year ago. And here we go. I am here with Elise Smith, and I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you for coming on. Excited you're here.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I would really love to hear like what your current business setup is like.
1: Okay, so I currently have several different businesses that I manage. So actually multiple franchises. So one franchisee, my own several locations of a business type. I also have a few solopreneurs that I very agency style. So they, they meet with me, we strategize, we plan out their content for the month. And then I have a team that helps me execute the content creation, the copywriting. And then I have another team that helps me with the implementation of scheduling and the daily checking on making sure scheduling tools are working. I have the agency style. And then through that process, I've also really learned that I love to do consulting about social media. So I have some consulting options where I've met with like some local colleges. I've met with a few entrepreneurs that maybe have a team, but their teams, you know, stagnant right now. They need ideas. They need creativity. And then I recently started Social Success Academy, which is my first group coaching program, again just all touching on how to use social media in your business. So, I have the management piece and then I also have the consulting and coaching side.
0: I love that. And did you start with the social media management like that's that was the beginning of your business?
1: I did. And that that's kind of how, that's where I started and then I realized, you know, one, we know there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to that. There's the content creation, the implementation, the daily checking that. And so I, I quickly, in order to scale, learned that I couldn't do it alone without charging more. And I had several clients that were in contract. So I was like, oh, I got to figure this out. But I started also having a lot of people gravitate towards me because of my own social media presence, asking me questions about how to do social media management, how to get into it, how, or maybe they just wanted to learn more about growing their audience. And so that's where the coaching and stuff came from was actually my audience asking for it. So I definitely start with the management piece.
0: Yes. Yes. And that my business followed the same, same exact direction as yours. I didn't even consider like going into coaching or mentorship until people started asking me, And I was getting it so often that I was like, I should really make something for these people. (laughs) I can serve them better.
1: (laughs) I love it because it. I don't want to say it's not time-consuming. Coaching and consulting can absolutely be time-consuming. Yeah. But you're able to make that. So like when I I said, you know what? I would love to fill this this piece of my business. And I have an open slot between this time and this time on Tuesdays. And I think that's perfect. So I was able to develop a group coaching program. I could be more flexible about it because it was program, not necessarily a client's needs. And like you said, I had an audience for it already. So I love that.
0: Yeah. I think that's the the way to go about it. Yeah. Getting experience doing your social media management stuff. But then I think the important piece is hiring help so that you have the time to actually create more of these streams of income with like your coaching or like programs or anything like that. So yeah, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Do you usually, are your clients local or are they kind of spread out? I only have one
1: local client. So they're very spread out. Most of them are actually in the Midwest region, which is odd because I'm nowhere near the Midwest region of the US. Um, I'm all the way down in the South, but they've been referral based too. So I think when you are good at it and you provide a good service, you're you know you get those referrals. So most of them have been referrals from my first two clients, my first three clients and gone from there.
0: That's amazing. I love that. How did you get started in social media management?
1: I was in social media management in corporate for a while. I worked for a very large franchise of the quick service industry, and I did that for them. So I managed... I know a lot of times when we think about social media, we think about Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, but you also have to look at Google My Business, you have to look at Yelp, you have to look at all the things that restaurants and, and review platforms. So my entire job in corporate was to manage the online platform and digital assets of this company. So every time a store relocated or maybe the hours changed during COVID, we had all types of changes. Like All of that has to be managed by someone. That and then also the reputation of the company, because our job as a franchisee was not to market the food. It was to market the jobs. Corporate's job was to market the food, sell the food. Our job was to make it provide that humanization of the brand for people to want to come work for us. So I did that in corporate and I... Came into a point in my life where you know my family needed me more. I have a child on the autism spectrum, which you'll notice the spelling in my branding A U S O M E. That's a word play on um, being an autism family, and I needed to be more present for my kids. And I was finding myself struggling turning down therapy options for my son that's on the autism spectrum because they would be at eleven o'clock or one o'clock, and I'd have meetings or I'd have this or that. And my job was very flexible. They worked with me for a while. But, you know, they, their business and they have to put their business first. So I decided to start looking to see if I could just replace that income. So I started on Upwork and Fiverr, just like a lot of people looking. I did not realize how hard it is to actually get a gig on Upwork or Fiverr. (laughs) But I I applied like for a month or two before I left corporate. I was applying for Upwork jobs because I was like, if I could just get three jobs at 20 bucks an hour, like it would be great. And I did that for a while and it all just came to a head where I was like, I've got to, I've got to make a decision. And I quit corporate and I walked away from it. I said, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I did not have a plan. I did not have a client. And I was like, but I'm gonna figure it out. And I left because I had seen what was possible, right? I was it was all over my TikTok for you page, my Instagram feed, upwork, people, social media managers were everywhere. And I was like, I do this day. I do this every day. So I said, you know what? I don't know what to do, but I'm gonna do it. And originally I came home and my plan, I was going to go like door to door local businesses because I do live in a very small area. I'm fairly well known in the community for like being involved with nonprofits and things. I've always been a community driven person as I'm a good door to door to these businesses and say, Hey, look, these are all the things that are wrong with your social media and let me fix them. Like that was my original plan. And I didn't even have to do that guys, because... It was almost like, I, you know, I almost manifested it because I was, I took that leap of faith and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm doing right now isn't working and it's not, it's not benefiting my children. And I'll be darned if like the week after I left, I had a local business that reached out to me and was like, I don't know if you know anyone, but we need help with reels. And I'm like, I know someone. And you know, I <laughs> kind of just came from there. Yeah. But that's how I it started it. And I like I said, I considered myself like a freelancer. And then in about July, because I was also listening to podcasts of different, you know, network marketing and influencers and like all the different options on social media. And in July I I cashed out my retirement and I went all in on a coaching program because I said, you know what, I could spend five years trying to figure this out on my own or I could get a coach and make this work. And that's when she looked at me and she's like, you have an entire business. You got to quit looking at yourself like a freelancer. You have a whole business, a whole plan here. And
0: it has just blown up from there.
1: And it's been a year in June. So right at one year.
0: Amazing. Congratulations. That's exciting.
1: It is exciting. And, and, and it's not at all what I thought it would be a year ago. You know, I definitely thought I would, like I said, be like a freelancer going contract to contract. I was going to be okay with that. Because I had asked for a, you know, I'd asked for a raise in in corporate and I was denied and like different things had happened. And and that's okay. I know a lot of businesses had to come back from COVID, but the businesses that succeeded during COVID were the online businesses. And I I wish I would have jumped two years ago or three years ago. I can't imagine where I would be today if I would have taken that leap of faith even earlier.
0: Right. And I think that that's like a huge element to being successful as a social media manager that like works on your own is taking that leap of believing you're going to make this happen even when you don't have like a client lined up or you're like I need to learn some extra things but you know just believing in yourself and taking that first step of being like this is a business i am a business owner i'm not doing this as a side hustle this isn't just like a A little thing to make a little bit of extra money, like this is a real thing, and I think that belief really changes the way that we go about even getting clients or like moving forward in the business to actually make money,
1: exactly. Exactly. And in the beginning, like most of you listening, probably, you know, I'm like, I was throwing out a couple hundred bucks a month for this or that, and I very quickly realized, like. Man, by the time I, you know, when I started to scale and needed help and to outsource like some copywriting and things, like that, I'm like, man, I'm not really making any money on this here. And, but I thought that was all I was worth. Yeah. You know, so I think when I started to treat it like a business and I'm like, no, this is my rate. Because I, I'm telling you, I sent out probably 20 proposals over the last year and people were like, you're way too high. And I've had to be like, I'm so sorry. I can try to help you find someone else that's less expensive if you'd like, but like not to bring my price down because I got, I have to stand ground that this is a business. I know my skill, I know my value. And I think that's where a lot of us, when we start out, we start out like this is just a side hustle. I'll make a little extra. When you start treating it like a business, you'll start to finally see those benefits.
0: Yes, exactly. Hi there, this is Ad Shante popping in to let you know about the Sugar Punch Template Shop. Inside the shop are done-for-you templates that I created specifically for social media managers and digital marketers so that you can seamlessly plug and play and have a professional business without losing any more sleep. We all know we need more of that. From a pricing calculator to an onboarding welcome packet to an all-in-one social media calendar, as in you can create, revise, and have clients approve it all through Canva. Love how simple it is plus a case study template with 100 proven copy ideas to impress your clients and a social media marketing proposal template, I've got you covered. Shop the affordable templates or get the discounted bundle, you do you, at my website. I'll link it in the show notes for you. Now, back to today's episode. So what are your favorite and least favorite things about social media management?
1: Oh, I got a list. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, see your own. My favorite things. I did a lot of graphic design in corporate. I absolutely love because I do some branding and things like that too. Especially if I when I got a client that has no brand, no colors, they don't know what they're doing, and I'm like, okay, let's get yeah. a little cohesive. And I I really I train a lot on the you know authenticity behind a brand and humanizing your brand online. So you know, colors and fonts aren't everything, but there needs to be some cohesiveness. Yeah. I love that. I love anytime I get the opportunity to do a graphic, whether it be a really cool story for the client or um, my team knows because I have a team of four people now that work with me and they know like I've got my certain clients that I do their graphics like and and you know my business coach gets on to me for that because she's like at least you got to let something go like when I'm when I'm going to her and I'm like I'm working 14 hours a day she's like are you still doing graphics like let someone else do it I'm like that's my favorite part like that's what I love to do <laughs> so I love all of the graphics and the creative pieces of it. Copywriting's not my jam. It's not. I, I can do it, but I'm always gonna have a typo. And there's always gonna be like that's not I'm not that detail oriented on words, uh, we'll say. So that's my favorite would be the graphic design part of it. My least favorite is it would be the copywriting, I guess. <laughs> yeah you know, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to social media management. So I guess that would be, you know, I know we had said, we'll talk a little bit later about like maybe what I wish I would have learned. So I'll allow yeah. that a little bit, but yeah, it would be the copywriting just because I just, it's not my jam. Grammarly helps me a lot it on that, but Yes, yes. I'm a visual person. (laughs) I'm a visual person, so I like I like that. I like video editing too. So that would kind of go with the graphics. Anything visual, I like the visual piece of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really common with a lot of people because it's kind of like if you're right-brained or left-brained, like you either like the copywriting and like the data and the analytics, or you really like the creative piece of it of like actually editing video and graphic design and like stuff like that. So it's it's always interesting to see like where everyone falls within that.
1: I have someone on my team that helps me with the engagement because we have two clients that we still do engagement for them and she loves it because she's like I get to be someone else. And I'm like <laughs> I do not like that part because I'm like this is not in alignment with me. Now from a customer depends on what type of client too because with each client you're going to have a different you're going to have different services. So like With my clients that have like Domino's Pizza franchises, most of the engagement is going to be customer concerns or thanking customers. Like I'm good at that. I got customer service through the hills. But when you're going in and you're like, yeah, girl, you're so cute. And like all the commenting, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) She loves it. So I'm like, that'll be your job forever, girl, because it ain't me.
0: (laughs) Good for her. Yeah, engagement was the very first thing that I hired a team member on to do because... It takes up so much time, and I don't really enjoy doing it.
1: (laughs) Same. I'm out. I'm out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I'm assuming you also have someone who helps you with copywriting, since you don't like that.
1: (laughs) I have one team member that does the majority of copywriting for all of my agency clients. I also have a, I personally have a subscription each month that I put out for with social media caption templates. So that's where a lot of like solopreneurs really t- tend to get stuck in the very beginning is they're like, I don't know what to write. And there's so much AI and stuff out there these days that can help you guys. But like a lot of them just won't do it because when you think about something and you, you're you putting it off so long, even though it could be super simple, we all know we put it off. So he does um, all of my captions for my subscription. He does any copying for my emails that I'll send out every time I have a YouTube video thing. So yes, I have outsourced all of that. I got one girl that does all the engagement and graphics for you know two clients. I have another one that does the other two clients. And then we also do some, um, because it's something I did in corporate, and it was so easy for me to take, make a part of my business and duplicate. Um, we do review management as well. You know, we have these franchisees who get hundreds of Google reviews a week And they need to be not only responded to like, hey, we're so sorry you had that experience, but someone's got to make it right for that customer or they're going to lose a customer. So my team will actually do the response on Google and then, um, or we we use a third party tool. And then um, we ask that customer like, hey, we're so sorry you had that experience. Please email us so we can make it right. And then my team will manage that email. And we don't really, we can't. We can't log into their system because of security purposes, but my team does everything to get it down to, you know, this customer belongs to this store and that store is this supervisor. And so my team gets it directly to the person that needs to take care of it. So that review management is something that we offer as well that it's hard to find because no one really wants to handle customer concerns. I mean, come on, that's like negativity all day long. (laughs) Yeah. But it's very easy for me to make duplicatable and have my team help me with because I have, you know, email templates, reply templates. Like I've made it super simple. And a lot of these franchisees love it because it's something that they don't, their team doesn't get to because they don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. It's a very useful service. I didn't even think about that. Google My Business, Facebook, all of those have review
1: options and someone has to respond to those.
0: Yeah. Would you recommend, so if there's other social media managers out there who want to work with like restaurants and franchises like that, would you recommend that they look into adding that to like their packages for their clients?
1: 100% because, and I'll tell you how to go. If you're, if you've got a business in mind or a restaurant in mind that you want to work with, the best thing you can do, go to their Google page, go to their Yelp page, go to their Facebook page, and gather if you do any kind of like proposal or whatnot to them, take screenshots of all of these negative reviews that they've not responded to because that hurts their ranking. So, when someone searches pizza near me, the one, of course, it has a lot to do with like location based, but it also has a lot to do with how many stars you have. So, a lot of times when you take care of those customers, and you make it right for them whether it be a refund offering them a free pizza next time whatever they will go back and edit their review so they'll take their 2-star review and make it a 5-star because they got the service that they wanted in the long run so ultimately that's a way to show these clients in your proposal that hey if we focused on your your online reputation you know you could potentially have a higher ranking higher you know and also be driving more customers in, and Yelp tends to be a, a platform a lot of people forget about. And when I took over that in corporate, we had 180 locations for the franchisee I worked for, so I had 180 Yelp pages that I had to like completely rebrand. They had old logos, <laughs> like everything. They there were thousands of reviews on there that we had just never responded to because you just didn't even know it was out there, right? You didn't even know. Yeah. It, you had kind of forgotten about it, so. Go and pull those pages, screenshot, put it in your proposal. Look at all these customers that need assistance. And it's super simple, guys, to do to add that. And ultimately, restaurants, that's, that's a huge piece of their business, right? Yeah. Their reviews and their ratings. And you try the new place in town because your mom said it was good, right? I mean, that's just how it
0: works. So yeah, I love that. That is so smart. I think people are definitely going to use it. If you if you do that and you get a client, let Elise know. Yeah. That you heard it here.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to chat tools and stuff with you too, because I, I do use a tool as well that is called Linkasaurus and I'm I'm happy to hook you up with like a free trial and stuff like that, but it is specific to franchise management. So like a lot of these tools, you know, like Hootsuite and all the things, they charge by location. Well, if you got 180 locations, that's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> so This tool is specific. You pay by the brand and you can have as many locations as you want. It also is a review management tool. So I'm able to manage all of their reviews from this one platform. So
0: shoot me a message. I'd be happy to help you, you know, set up your proposal and stuff for that too. Love that? What you mentioned this, what do you wish you would have known before you got started?
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) I can't stress this enough guys, but those boundaries and office hours. So. I, you know, and you've all gotten this. I know you've gotten this text at four fifty nine. It's like, hey, can we get this posted on my page, super quick, really quick, before we, you know, for the day's over, yeah. or, or even the client that's in a whole different time zone and doesn't realize it's already past five in your time zone, right? So, and don't get me wrong, I there are still times I work on weekends. There are times I work after hours, but I very quickly upfront let them know that that's not guaranteed. And you know, if you don't get a response from me cool. I also have, I have a, and it can be a little frustrating, but I have a automatic reply on my email that says, thank you so much for reaching out to Socially Awesome. Our business hours are, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five central standard time. You know, it, please allow us up to 24 hours for us to reply because you're going to get that person that emails you at 4.59 PM. And then again at 8.01 and they want to know why you haven't gotten that. Yeah. Like they need, your clients need to know one, they're not your only clients. Even if they are your only client right now, they need to know that your free time is not free time. Okay. They need to know that just because you're not in their account right now does not mean you're available. Okay. So boundaries. And it's hard because when you're first getting started, you're really so, I hate to use the word desperate, but you're so desperate to get clients and get money coming in because you're scared. A lot of times you have poor money mindset, whatever it might be for you that we are willing to just do whatever. But when you're starting to scale, that's not going to work anymore. My clients very much know that it's a 24-hour turnaround. And a lot of times my team does it in an hour. But I can't have someone that I, sent, I send their month's worth of their content to them to approve for the whole month. And I got one client that waits until the morning of the first of the month and she'll approve one week at a time. Yeah. She does it every month and that's not my process. So I have to let them know that's not my process. Yeah. If you approve Monday's content at 8 a.m. on Monday, it might not get posted until Tuesday. It might not get done until t- I get a 24 hour turnaround. Might not get done until Tuesday because I don't do that personally. So I need to have time to tell my team, Hey, so-and-so's finally approved her content. Please go post it. <laughs> and like, it is what it is, guys, but you gotta set those boundaries. And when you do start to set those boundaries, people will start to respect them. They will. You're not gonna have you might have some pushback in the beginning, but this is your business and you can set those boundaries right now. Yes. So I sent an email out to all of my clients in January of this year, letting them know, like, hey guys, happy new year. Because I didn't. In 2022, I didn't have any boundaries. In January 2023, I was like, boundaries are walls are going up. Good for you. And was like, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being a client of mine for the last several months. I wanted to update you on the new policies and procedures for Socially Awesome. And I bulleted it out. These are our office hours. We are closed all federal holidays. We, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's a 24-hour turnaround time because I travel a lot too with my family and with other businesses I'm a part of. And so, you know, I don't want anyone messaging me while I'm on a plane and thinking I'm going to get back to it right now. So Put those walls up. Please put those walls up. Just like your job, you would walk out at five and run for the car. Do the same
0: thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do it. You're not going to regret it. It's okay. It's okay to tell your client no. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the wall's not going to collapse down. And, you know, the same thing goes with like the content. You know, I, I would have where all of the content was created and and then on the fifteenth of the month, the client's like, you know what? I've really decided I want to start talking about this the rest of June. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be X amount of dollars for another two weeks of content. Mm-hmm. Because especially when you start or you have a team, I've already paid my team for those two weeks of content. I now I got to pay them for another two weeks. You know, no free time does not equal free time. So please, like, one, enjoy your free time. And then two, set those boundaries. Yes. Gosh, I could talk about this. This should be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> I wish I would have done that from day one. But, you know, it is what it is. I think we live and we live in.
0: Yes, exactly. I think it's hard to set boundaries when you first get started because you're, you know, you're new and you're maybe inexperienced of being a business owner and like being the one in charge and like knowing when it's okay to say like, No, I'm not doing that, or like these are my hours because we're so worried the client's going to get mad and leave, or you know, something's going to happen. So, I think it's a process of like learning how to stick up for yourself, how to set boundaries. Yeah, and for those who don't, I have found that like it takes about two years and then they're done, like they're so burnt out, right? They're in a bad place mentally, so like boundaries if you want to make it as a social media manager you have to learn them
1: you do and a lot of times it'll be and there's things you need to learn too that there are things that are out of your control and your client cannot blame you for those they'll try they will try but you have (laughs) got to really i mean and if you need help look guys i'm gonna give you a, a ninja tip here if you need help with wording on how to come back professionally and properly, ChatGPT is great, guys. I've gone to ChatGPT and write, write me an email telling my client XYZ in a professional <laughs> phone. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because I'm like, I know what I want to say right now because I've had, yeah, I have a client that they had to change their you know Instagram password over the weekend. And so it disconnected from the scheduling tool that we use to schedule stories. So no stories were posted, not my client anymore, but no stories were posted on Saturday or Sunday. And on Monday, I got a message that was like, hey, uh, I would like a refund for Saturday and Sunday because no stories were posted and I paid for that. And I'm like, okay, let me, I, I replied back and said, let me find out what happened because I know my team scheduled it. Unfortunately, we use scheduling tools for your own protection. And not everything. We do have some clients that we log in, but I'm trying to get away from that because Meta is getting even more strict on that and and the two-factor codes and all the things. Long story short, it wasn't even my team. Like They changed their password and it disconnected. And I had to stand my ground. Unfortunately, my team did the work. We did the content. We're happy to reconnect the tool here now that we're aware of it, but we don't work Saturday and Sunday. So that was not a problem we could fix then. Yeah, and stand in my ground because I'm like, no, you don't just give refunds out like it's candy because someone thinks that they, you know, you just have to learn how to stay strong. And that comes with knowing what your worth is and knowing that you're doing the work. That comes with time. You'll, you'll get there if you're not already there. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I, y'all, I went chat GPT real quick and was like, please word this for me? Because I know what I want to say, but I shouldn't say it that way. <laughs> ChatGPT has helped me out in several instances of like, how would you say this in a polite
0: professional manner? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, so not so aggressive. There are so many tools out there to help you, but just stand your ground when it comes to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I find it helpful too. like, I mean, you'll learn what needs to be in your contract as you come across these processes. But like, you know, no refund policy in there. There's like a deadline policy, an approval policy. I even have my office hours in there. And like, you know, 24 to 48 hour response. Get paid up front. Yeah. That was a huge mistake I made in the beginning too.
1: I have a ton of mistakes. I could list out bullet points, guys. But like my first couple of clients, I would bill them at the end of the month. And I'd never. I've never been, no one has ever like ghosted me, but... That left me in a deficit every month because I would like, I'd work all of, you know, let's say all of May and then I've got a couple thousand dollars in outstanding invoices and I would never get that, never get caught up. And you can't do that when you start outsourcing or, or having, hiring help.
0: You can't do that. I have to pay my team. Yeah. Get paid up front. Yep. I learned that the hard way too, but I did get ghosted. Did you? (laughs) Multiple times from multiple people. (laughs) <laughs> so that goes to show
1: yeah i've never been going yet but it could happen and i still have two clients that are in contract with me that pay me at the end of the month and contracts are up into june it'll start being a retainer like hey this is my new policy you know thank you so much for working with me over the last x amount of months this is my new policy you know and yeah and don't be afraid to implement contracts too. I know a lot of people get nervous with that, but implement asking for like, hey, it's this price if you if you retain me for three months. It's this price if you want to do it month to
0: month and make it more expensive. Don't be afraid to do that, you know? Yeah, you're the boss. You get to make these decisions. You can change the policies. You can put whatever you want on the contract. I mean, you are in charge here. Yes. Ugh, I love that. Where can everyone find you? Where can they connect with you?
1: I'm old school. Facebook is still my jam. I'm Elise One Smith on just about every platform. I'm active on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. But of course, the easiest one for messaging would either be Instagram or Facebook. My team manages my Instagram a little bit more. So find me on Facebook. I love it there. I've got, you know, my group and all the things. So I, I hang out there most.
0: Okay, perfect. And I will link it all in the show notes so they can find you really easily. But thank you so much for coming on here. This was a really great chat.
1: Yes, I had a great time. And thank you all so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. So many good gold nuggets for you. Definitely go check her out and connect with her. She knows her stuff. And if you are a social media manager that has any other social media manager friends, That are maybe struggling and would like some support, like some extra trainings and some offers, share the link to this episode with them and help them out. And if you're not already following this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button or the plus button in Apple Podcasts so you can get brand new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode.